This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. We are the Hairy Bikers. I'm Dave. And I'm Sai. And it's time once again for us to turn into the superheroes of sorrow, the Agony Uncles, your hairy helpers. Yeah, that's us. Wrapped up in our collective noggins, there's years of experience that we can use to help you with your worries and troubles. <laughs> if you have a problem, and if the rest of your mates have drawn a blank or written you off, well, here we are. And all you need to do is to email the agonyuncles at theherrybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at theherrybikers.co.uk. Now, posing the problems today is, of course, as always, the super slim hero himself, the thin white duke. It's Mr. Jeeves. Hello, Jeevesy. Hello there. Hello. Lovely to talk to you. And thank you very much for that lovely introduction. Uh, we should say that we're recording this uh, podcast <clears throat> on Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Uh, yes. But for the first time, I think, or one of the first times, you and Dave aren't actually physically together. You normally spend Valentine's Day together. It's not, it's not great. I, I, I miss you, Dave. I know I miss you too. I've got to take my wife out. What? What are you going to say? What are you going to talk about? I don't know, I don't know. But actually there's seven of us tonight for dinner. What? The whole family have turned up. I know, not only is it bleeding expenses, at least you, you stand your ground, you know, you stand your bill. No, I'm yeah. stuck with it now. Oh, that's it. You know, that's think it. I am Father Christmas. That's a problem, that is. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it, dude? Would you? <laughs> nah, not you know bothered, you, really. You can write into the agony of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, Jeeves has had his Valentine's Day haircut, hasn't he? Look at him. Uh, he's, look, he's looking uh, very nice, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. He's even more attractive than normal. And here she is. The Rolls Royce to our larder, the Duchess in a Dacha, the Princess Grace to our inner Oliver Reed. Ooh. It's Posh Tash. Yes. Uh, morning, my little Valentines. And I came dressed for the occasion, this podcast yes. I've seen. I've done love. I've got, I do it every year. I dress in red every year on Valentine's. There is no other love in the house. <clears throat> I only give it to myself. <laughs> no one your, else. Your husband's such a lucky dinner. man. He's yeah. such a lucky man. Yeah, he doesn't he know, you see, Dave. He doesn't realise. He gets hey. up, makes his own coffee, and there is no reservation tonight. Like, that's so far that <gasps> I can see. Oh, surely what? there's a surprise around the corner, surely. Wait, no, I, I tell you, I've gone, I've been to Lidl and bought the heart-shaped ravioli. That's what I've done. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cheap and easy. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and at this point in the relationship, 24 years down, you just throw them the food at Valentine's oh. night. So he was lucky to have heart-shaped food thrown at him. <laughs> Selfridges or Lidl? Lidl's. We're all skin. My lucky Valentine's. I've got three of them. All you listeners are very jealous. Oh, they're not. They're not. No, no, no. <laughs> You can have them. You can have my husband, Dave, Si, and Mark. <laughs> You're welcome to them. Aww. <laughs> oh, we're giving away so cheaply. Yeah, we're just one of one of a one of a thong, and he said one of a thong, not thong, not thong. <laughs> one of my thongs are with you all today. <laughs> oh, oh, what a picture! Right, dude, let's get let's get solving. Wingle that jingly finger thingy. Bong 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 bong. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. 
I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Cause I heard your advice is the best. In today's world-class web of worry, Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Poshtash, you're going to be drawing <clears throat> on all your collective collection of calamities to solve these terrible troubles. We have a rum deal. We have a personalised problem. We have the diary dilemma. And in confidential corner, it's wind damage. But we're going to start with a rum <laughs> deal. And this comes from Margaret McGee, who says, Dear Uncle Dave, though this is also for Uncle Si, as he's the one who can remember all the recipes. Yeah, think, no, it's the other way around. I don't think I was wondering, says Margaret, if you've ever used the Cumbrian delicacy of rum butter in any of your recipes. I'm doing some research on it for an assignment I have to do for an open university course, and any of your thoughts or recipes would be very helpful to it. Thanks, Margaret McGee. Over to you. Well, in one of our latest Christmas triumphs, we invented, I believe we did, Simon, before Liddles, who actually did it this year, the frangipani mince pies. Yes. Whereas you put your, your, your kind of pastry bottom and it's filled with like the jam, uh, the mincemeat and frangipani. But then on top, we piped rum butter as an optional extra. They are so good. Ugh. And so, yes, that's what we, we've used that quite recently, really. Mm. It was quite funny. We did it in a Christmas special two years ago. Lo and behold, this year, good old Liddles had frangipani mince pies on the shelf. Uh, I think, shouldn't it? Can you get onto that, Tash, actually? Um, yeah, that's outrageous. They watched the Hairy Bikers and, and took that recipe, we think. They may, they may not have. But it's funny, it's like so many recipes, and actually, if you look around, somebody will have invented something before yeah. you. Now, now you just think you've got an idea. Don't bother looking, just do it. Yeah, yeah but rum, rum butter's Cumberland, Cumberland rum butter. And of course, the reason why it came about was because Workington, Whitehaven, Maryport were spice ports which is why we Cumbrians had all access to all this lovely stuff before the rest of you. Rum was coming from the West Indies. Our treacle we had from the West Indies. Um, molasses. <coughs> molasses was coming in. Um, we had pepper, you see. That's why our Cumberland sausages are so spicy. We had spice. While the rest of you are all in the doldrums, you know, oh, I'll just go to the garden, put some grass in my sausages to flavour it up a bit. Nah, we Cumbrians had pepper. That's a good history lesson. Yeah, yes. very true. It's very true. I tell you what, my mum used to, coming up to Christmas, uh, I don't know why, but coming up to Christmas, normally kind of two weeks or a week before, I think you were there, Dave, did you not? Did you not? Anyway, um, me mum always used to make a spot of dick in a clutty cloth. Mm. Like so, it was a, a so it was steamed, and she always used to serve rum butter with it because she used to make a rum butter early, let it sit for like weeks, and then you'd have it on your Christmas pudding. You see, that or brandy butter, one of the two. Yeah, and then uh, rum sauce and stuff. But my mum always used to serve rum butter. You, you had a choice: rum butter or rum sauce with uh, with spotted dick. There you go. There's another wow. application for you. Do you know what I'm trying to do? So I was going to say to you boys at some point today, very sweetly, my mum came up last night and she, we had this wonderful relative who now would be well over 100 and obviously is not around anymore, called Auntie Peg. And I'm, I've got Welsh in my blood somewhere for all my poshness. I'm a little bit Welsh. And uh, Auntie Peg used to be a home economics teacher to home economic uh, teachers. So she was like a, a college. and the so teacher's she was teacher. She teaches teacher, yeah, for home economics. And she, my mother came up yesterday and she found Auntie Peg's old cookery. Oh, oh wow, look at <coughs> that. Look at that. 
I can hardly read it because the writing is mm. so, so small. But actually, I was just wondering if there might be a rum butter in here because there's date butter squares, there's butter cake. I mean, I mean, there are recipes here that you boys obviously know incredibly well. Um, but it's so, it's so beautiful. It's even got that sort of old sellotape. Um, yes. Have a smell of it, Tash, as well. Oh, oh, the smell would be lush. Oh. Of the food stuck on yeah. it, and oh. it's, it's beautiful. But there are oh, some fun. recipes in here that are amazing. There was one, there was one actually. I was going to ask you boys about one of my first problems. It says G G Bud or G Put. I just don't know what that is. I, I mean, there's lots of names I don't understand of some of the cakes, but ginger pudding. G apostrophe B U D D G Bud. It's got ginger. Gingerbread. 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 Yeah, maybe gingerbread. Yeah. Maybe. And there's a lot of cakes with custard powder in. Wow. Wow. Really? Do you know, it's worth, it's worthwhile trying a lot of these old recipes and tricks, you know, because they serve, service people well for donkey's years and we yeah. forget them. Yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I wonder whether the custard powder <clears throat> was instead of corn flour. Could be. And it enrich it anyway. I quite like custard powder. I like instant custard. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, little, so little yeah. bird told me that, you know. <laughs> so what you did there. We swing with rum butter, I remember as well, when I was a kid, if I ever had a cough, I couldn't sleep at night, you know, when you get the rasping cough. They give me a spoonful of rum butter and they said, like, the, the rum obviously makes you feel warm and cosy. Well, it did when you're, like, five years old with a t- teaspoon of rum. <laughs> and the butter kind of soothes your cough. It always worked for me. I just used to swig on the kids' grape water. <laughs> I can remember that. Have grape water. <laughs> get, get in there. That'll, that'll calm you down. He's got wind. Excellent. <laughs> It was like your first ever shot, wasn't it? It's it was your first shot, yeah. <laughs> it's six months, yeah. Great yeah. <laughs> water. I can remember that. I mean, uh, <clears throat> alcohol, Boom, well, straight in. So, there we are. So, the answer is yes, there is a rum butter recipe. And there you go, Margaret. I hope that you can uh, you can make use of that. We'll have a chat with the fabulous Barry, and I'm sure Barry will put it on the Hairy Bikers. Hairybikers.com. Hairybikers.com for everything that you want to know. Food! Makes everything better. Your next problem is called a personalised problem. And for this, we need a lady's name and a man's name, a male name, but we need a, a rather flash male name and a normal lady's name. So, Uncle Sige, you want to do lady's name and Uncle Dave, a flash male name, please. Felicity. Felicity. And Royston. They've got to have horses, Felicity and Royston. Royston, and a, yes. and, a, and a large... Yes. It's Bill's and Boone, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Argus, Argus. Of a different sort. Have a listen to this. Dear Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash says, Felicity, I met Royston online. He's a very nice chap. We've had a few meals out. He's met my sister and she approves. And it feels like it's a relationship going places. But Royston is in love with someone else. He's in love with his car. It's an American one. It's a Corvette. Oh, God. It's very loud and very large especially oh, when God. parked up next to the small cars in Budgeon's car park <laughs> near where we live. But the worst bit is it also has a very rude personalised number plate. Ooh. Now, Felicity has sent me a picture of Royston's Corvette, and I can't read out the number plate because that would be breaking all manner of rules. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold it up and to see whether or not you can read. No. Um, no. Royston's Royce number plate for a long time thinks it's hilarious, but I, says Felicity, am embarrassed, even more so since I've started getting comments from my friends. Now, I like Royston, but he won't consider changing the car or the number plate, and I don't know whether I can stick with him over it. Any suggestions? Over to you. She likes him. He already had it. He's clearly got, you know, 
a bit of a syndrome there going on if he's got to have a car that big and that flash and a number plate with that word on it. So, I mean, she either has to like him for it or not. You can't make him lose. You can't make him pick the car over her. I would. I wouldn't make him do that. She's gonna. I think she's gonna have to lump it. But, but would you go down to the supermarket in that car with him? <laughs> would you get out of a Corvette that said that word on the back? Because you know what people are going to think you are, don't you? No, I know, I know, I know. I think it's quite funny, personally. I we, we, quite like we're going to have to. I, I won't be able to include the name of the number plate, but we're going to have to explain. Uh, it, it, could, could you describe what the word of the number plate is without saying the word of the number plate, anybody? Because that that would then help. It's another word for think. bollocks, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Bollocks is quite fun. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that. I think you've just nailed it, dude. <laughs> no more explanation needed. So you'd be get happy to get in a car and get to the supermarket with a word that means bollocks on it. Well, it's uh, I don't know. Tash, Tash. No, the thing. Problem is, if up to the reputation that that might come with a car like that and a number plate like that, then no. But if you like him and he thinks it's quite funny and you can see the funny side, then you've got to be big enough and brave enough to brush that off. I mean, admittedly, it's not ideal. I would much rather have a much nicer car with a much nicer number plate. But a little fun fun part of me goes, oh, sod it. It's quite funny, really, isn't it? (laughs) Would you have a smart car that says fanny on the back? You know, it's... (laughs) I just don't like personalised number plates. I think no. in today's no, today's world of food banks and that, it, it's you know, it, it's a bit two fingers up, isn't it? Really, and I, I don't know. I just think it's a bit unnecessary, and um, especially the ruder the better. Look, obviously, that number plate is probably worth more than the car to a I certain know. type so of person. Aren't they? Yeah, I don't mean to be rude, but it's it's a bit brash and it's a bit crass. Yeah, and both of those things, I have. A reaction to which is not pleasant, <laughs> and I just I, I I yeah I don't know. I mean, look, love's love, isn't it? And if if you really like them, then just get over it. I I, I know where you're coming from, though, Felicity. Because, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree with her, and I'm with her every step of the way. The problem is, though, I, what I wouldn't do, and I think you you boys surely would agree, you you can't force someone to change. For you, you never, you, you either well, like... because it's a road like to nowhere, that, that's so, just... Yeah, it's so just... she's got to pick herself up and go, I can't be with you because that is just standing for something I don't like and I don't want to be a part of it, and she moves on. But I don't think it's fair if she likes him to say, it's me or the car, or you have to drive that car on your own, don't let me be a part of it. I don't know. You yeah, know, it's just negotiate, couldn't you? Because yeah. compromise a bit, because that's what relationships are about at the end of the day, aren't they? So you you just go, look, I, I think you're great, but I'm not going out in your car. Because I think it's awful. And then, like, you know where you are then, don't you? Yes. I mean, it's not wrong with a Corvette. You know, it is the number plate. You know, it's absolutely right for ridicule and being noticed in the worst possible way, really. And kids coming up taking pictures of your number plate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I remember years ago in Hammersmith, flyover, so it was, it was um, the big old Jag with the roof down and the number plate was ELV1S and it just spelled Elvis. <laughs> and I thought, that was cool. <laughs> the only personalised number plate that sticks in my head, and, and to this day, and I, I promise you, I didn't imagine it, it was a, a very... Um, a particular type of endowed lady in a rather expensive Mercedes soft top, and her and it, and I and I'll not I, I remember it was on the uh, it was on the A one two three one uh, leading into Sunderland, and the number plate was sex sixty nine, oh. 
Oh. Oh, dear. Straight from the Porn Palace video shoot. It was kind of that, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I just, I, you know when you actually can't, you just have to take a second look because it was just, I, I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. It was like, you cannot, you cannot be you and drive this car and have that number plate. People are going to crash. Yeah. It was just, it was hilarious. See, the thing is, like, she carries it off because she was quite pretty and she looked right and maybe it fitted quite well. The problem with a man with a car of that size, an American car in England, you already have that sort of little dick syndrome about him anyway. And then you put the word on that on the back of it. You know, you're basically putting your hands up going, I've got nothing down there. You know, aren't you really? That's what you're doing. So it's not... Yeah, my favorite. I'm, I'm glad you said this, Tash. If we'd, one of us had said that, we'd be pilloried. <laughs> I'm glad. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's what we were thinking, though, Tash. Yeah. It was. I'm glad right. you said it. I have no filter on that. So I don't, I no, no, quite. But I was going to say that the one number plates I love the best, though, are the ones that people have tried to do a personalised number plate, but they weren't allowed that letter or that number. So it actually doesn't spell it really at all. So you're behind the car going, I bet they've tried to make, I don't know, boobs or whatever, but it hasn't quite worked because they got another letter instead of the B. And I just look and go, why did you even bother? And they put a black screw somewhere yeah. to yeah, make yeah, it yeah. look like an E or, or a C and change the lettering. Yeah, it's, it's can, you, can you remember, Dave, when we were filming in Northumberland, you always you used to go up the A1, right? And there was a place called Shill Bottle. Yeah. And uh. on all, every single, the, 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 the council had come and clear it, clean, clean the little tail, little tail on the, because somebody would constantly go and say shit bottle. And it's like, and the shit council bottle, would go, yeah. oh, bloody hell. And you will discover it up. And then three weeks later, you'd drive past and it would be back again. And it was this war of attrition between somebody putting a little tick on a, on an L. <laughs> It's shit bottle. It's so bad. I mean, uh, like the lads on the A1 risking life and limb to take this, to, to put the L back and take the T off. Years ago, Kingy, somebody tried to sell us personalised number plates. They oh, obviously yes. thought it was like Harry Biker one, Harry one. I don't know how it worked out, but they were very yeah. clever. But they obviously bought them cheap or whatever and <laughs> thought they were onto a good thing with us two. Yeah. And we were just like... No, I don't really want, want it. You know, you just suddenly probably be heartbroken. <laughs> I've got to go straight outside and take my PT1 off my car now, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, get Parker to do it, Lady Penelope. Oh, we'll yeah, that's right. Get it off the pink Rolls Royce. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount+. Plus. Well, if you're down, hey, if you're down, now don't get drunk, don't get drunk, just send an email, just send an email to the agony uncle. To the agony uncles. Your next problem is called the diary dilemma, and for this we need one single lady's name, which means it's coming, isn't it? It's coming we're towards me. handing over to the Valentine's girl herself. Oh, let's go Valentine's. Um, Rose. 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 The absence of my rose. The diary dilemma. Yes, <laughs> Pat Tash can only dream of roses. But there we go. Here's yeah. his rose. It says, Dear 
hairy uncles. Says Rose, my daughter is 15. Until she was 12, she was so lovely, a thoughtful, charming girl who was also <coughs> my best friend. Since she changed schools two years ago, though, that lovely young lady has been replaced by Satan. And I find myself at a loss with how to deal with her tempers, her silences, her moping, and generally making the house feel like the carpet is actually made from pure eggshell. I try hard to talk with her to find out why she's changed so much, but she doesn't want to know. I do, however, know that she keeps a diary she has done for years. I also know she hides it, but I think I know where to find it. As I'm a bit worried about her and she won't talk, is it okay to read it? Or will that make things worse? Absolutely not. Rose. No, no, no. And, and look, it's got nothing to do with a change in schools. She's entering into adolescence. Mm -hmm. She's going from a child into a young woman. And all of her hormones are all over the place. It's purely physiological. They come back to you when, A, they hit 20 and they're dying to go out at night. And then they go, can you lend me some money? And they're lovely to you. And that's the start of the progression into adulthood. <laughs> well, I, I would say mid-20s, actually. Yeah, you're probably the, the, right. The, there's yeah. a hideous phase of a decade. Yes, It's like is. a lost decade of foot stamping. Yes. <laughs> You know. And also, it's actually official that because I've actually I've got a fifteen-year-old. Well, actually, she's fifteen very soon. She's late fourteen, and I've got a seventeen-year-old boy. So I am in the midst of that. So I've got a lot of sympathy. But it's official that the teenage brain doesn't mature into an adult until twenty-five. Yeah. So you have got to twenty-five. So they think at eighteen they go to the pub and they must be grown up and they can leave home and who needs your parents? But actually, your maturity-wise doesn't happen until twenty-five. And I would say to Rose that you it. I, I think I think my children. My, I blamed teething on everything for about ten years because I, <laughs> I needed to blame it on something. And then I, it was a phase. You know, you come through it, and I can't do teething anymore. But you just have to go. It's a phase. You've got to kind of just be there and suck it up. And I will put my hands up. I went to bed last week, tears in my eyes because one of my teenagers said something to me. And then you wake up next morning and go, "Come on, you know they're teenagers. They don't mean it. and everything's fine next morning. You just have to still be there for them. You do have to take a bit of a brunt." And, and I just think, yeah, it's a phase. It's, think of it as teething and you will come out of it. And somewhere under there, they are lovely, lovely people who just have to push their boundaries and their parents are the only ones they can push them with. They just, you have to be strong. And where else, where else in your developmental periods of your life would you do you? And she's lucky, you know, she's lucky to have, to still have that interaction because there's lots of, there's lots of teenagers that, that, that don't have that love and care and can't push those boundaries. And that's when it goes horribly wrong. So just take a chill pill, take a big deep breath, hit the whiskey and, uh, and you'll be fine. But don't look at the diary because oh, you will, no, you will find that. stuff that will hurt you. You'll misinterpret it. You'll read what you can into it. You'll worry unnecessarily. The diary is always private thoughts, which should be left to that private person. Absolutely. Um, but it will take a couple of years to get out of that kind of, you know, self-absorption, really. Yeah. 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 And you know what? The most important thing is you want to teach them because they're going to try and push away from you as they get through teenage and they want to be grown up and you know they're not there yet, but you have to respect them and you have to have some kind of trust. And if she breaks the trust by reading that diary, because that is the biggest form of breaking someone's trust, I think she will damage the relationship more than if she read it and found out a problem that she tried to fix. You know, See, she has to find other ways to do it. That's the good thing about university. If you've got the chance to go, and you, now these days if you can afford for your child to go to university, yeah. it's that kind of, what's the word? It, it's society's way 
of getting that child on their own two feet. You know, and they have to cope with themselves, with their peers. And that's like from the age of 20 to 23, which can see you through the remainder of the ugly gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, forget the academic stuff. It's just like, well, that's the way it is. And it's not being pushed away from the nest or whatever. It's just because your mates are doing it. And, they go, you know, yeah. if you say if you're lucky enough and you can afford it, that can be quite a good way to get them out your own two feet. Then they come back home. Obviously, bring the washing and obnoxious, but somehow you love them even more. And we've had this conversation before. The teenagers are lovely, lovely people in there somewhere. And they and sometimes they display it. And it's just, you know, they're magical moments. And you've got to be proud that you got them to that stage and who they are. And, you well, know, it, I- yeah, it's true, Tosh. It, it, you, 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 get, you get out of what you put in. And it's always, and ask, ask somebody, our, um, my, my sister particularly, because my eldest son, Alex, was horrendous. He had a horrendous, horrendous teenage years. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know where he was from. He denied where he was from. He did the whole kit and caboodle. He was awful. Now, he is lovely. And I just, he's truly lovely. And you just, you, you get out what you put in. But the most important thing is, you have to, you're not, your children are only ever lent to you. You don't own them. And you can't, you cannot break that trust. And you certainly have to give them a level of privacy. And from that privacy comes respect. You, you, you cannot read a diary. That would be so wrong, morally so wrong. It's funny with, with Alex, you know, you're... It's funny with Alex, your eldest, like you said, because we've said to him, you know, we've been out for a pint with him and he is brilliant. He's a brilliant father and he's such a lovely gentleman. And uh, we said, you are horrible when you're a teenager. He'll go, hi, I know. It was when he, he had a, you can't see it, I remember that. He kind of shaved his head to stubble, but had a tattoo on the back of his head. Yeah. And it was like, no. Yeah. But obviously he's he's got nice he's got the king hair now, so it's completely irrelevant because you can't see it. But uh, I remember that do. It oh was just God. like he knew that tattoo pissed so many people off and he loved every minute of it. Every single minute of it. And I used to say to him, I said, Do you get your initials tattooed on the back of your head in case you forgot your name, you fucking idiot? And he'd be like, Yeah, I like it, I like it. And uh, there was one day, I, I, he used to wear these, can you remember there was caps, Dave? That, yes. Can you remember there was baseball caps? used to drive me mad. I go, if you turn it around, it takes 50, 60% off your IQ, and particularly <laughs> you, the way you look. So I cut up, anyway, he was having this, he was just going mental. So I took all his, um, I lit this massive bonfire in the back of the thing. I took all his caps, and I, and I shouted out of the window, and I went, if you don't behave yourself, I am going to stand here and go, one, you can't do that, you can't do that. And I said, I can. So wind your neck in and behave yourself. Come down and get your caps. He goes, you wouldn't, you absolutely wouldn't. And I went, and ever since that, yeah, well, I did one. Yeah. I think, you know, it's always because I was a step parent, it was slightly <laughs> so, easier because it was, my wife had to be the, the, the parent parental police. You know, I, I could to some extent sit on the fence yeah. and, you know, I, I was looking for friendship and respect more than anything. And I was fortunate enough to get some of it. But if they were kind of obnoxious, I'd go, oh, whatever, and uh, walk away. And he had that, like, so the fun stuff, he meant nothing. I'd just go fishing or something. Talk to your mother. And so she had to do the iron fist, you know. 
I'd be sitting there watching SpongeBob and they'd slowly come back. You know. <laughs> I bet they loved you for that as well. Yeah, yeah to a point. Good, yeah. yeah, all that whatever. Well, listen, Rose. There's lots of good advice there. Uh, uh, Tash says, you know, there might be a few tears when you go to bed, but overall, yeah, you'll get there. I think you need to find out. Remember that they're actually. I feel you, you have bad patches, but I look around and I go, they're not bad. I've got pretty good ones. I've got, I'm lucky. And you find the lucky part in them because actually it's a bit of a privilege to go through it as well, to be, to be there for them and to be a part of it. So they're not so bad. And just yeah. try to remember, even Satan was a fallen angel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was uh, Sai's advice, which is uh, Satan was a fallen angel and set fire to their clothing. And, yes. Uh, and Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Dave, who says go fishing. So a range of... Go fishing and watch SpongeBob Square <laughs> Pants. Yeah, and let them self-destruct. He'll come back to you in a decade. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. It's time to head to Confidential Corner. And for this, we need another lady's name. Hmm. We've asked Tash for this one already. Let's go for Uncle Si, lady's name, please. <clears throat> Ruth. Ruth. Right. It's called Wind Damage. Dear Ooh. Uncle Si, Uncle Dave, Tash and the Duke, says <clears throat> Ruth. After many years of being on my own, I'm dating a really lovely man. We both had relationship hell in the past and both want to take things slowly just to make sure we don't get hurt again. But I do like him, and one of the things I like most about him is that he makes me laugh so much. So much so that on our last date in a nice, quiet country gastro pub, something quite unexpected happened. There was a family of very odd people at a table near ours, and my fellow was making me laugh talking about them in such a funny way. I'd had a large glass of wine, I was feeling very relaxed, and with all the laughter, I was having a lovely time. One of the odd family that we were laughing about then stood up, and we both noticed he wasn't actually wearing any trousers, just a pair of pyjama bottoms. Well, this was too much for me, and I let out a giant, snorty sort of laugh, accompanied by the biggest and loudest fart I have ever done. And I, and I also weed myself a little bit too. Oh, the, God. the noise was so loud, the pub went quiet. Everyone stared at me, and my partner also just gaped at me as I tried to stop laughing, apologised, and then sloped off to the loo to sort myself out. Now, he hasn't mentioned this at all, and I think I embarrassed him, though to his credit, no one has ever made me do that before through laughing. He should be proud. Should I mention this, Ask Ruth, or is it now a no-go area? Over to you. Oh, oh it's got, brilliant. I it's think uh, your relationship's built on solid ground. Oh, yeah. 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 When you're on farting terms, you know you're okay, you're there. But yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, King, I must say, you're, you're the worst ones for having a laugh and a little Pokemon out. Oh, you know, you do terrible. it on telly, you know. So bad. What we well, it's your oh, fault. Oh, it's always no, it, your fault. Do you remember we did one once? It was, it was in a Christmas special and we had the Queen's <laughs> butler. And for some reason, while a ham was cooking, we were playing Twister. Yeah. Now, at this time... Uh, we were both considerably heavier. So there was, there was getting on for 40 stone on the twister mat. And the Queen's butler was doing the thing. And he's going like, blue, 47, whatever, whatever, I can't remember now. Yeah. And so we were doing this. Anyway, at that moment, I believe I was underneath. And there was a certain collapse. And at that point, the Queen's butler looked up. And this giggy fell on me. 
I, I let out a ripper. And he's just, you know, and the look on his, his face. And we, we were like, kids just couldn't stop laughing. Even the camera's going up and down. The Queen's butler, such a snarly face. He just, he just <sighs> like that one. He, he was absolutely yeah. deadpan and he just went, oh dear me. Gentlemen. <laughs> Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like two fat lads from the north rolling around on a twister mat with Dave underneath what can only be described as a small jet engine off. <laughs> it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I, I think you should talk about it. Because obviously you had a good time and just say, listen, yeah. you, you, you made us laugh so much that I actually weighed myself a little bit and 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 I, I did a big fart and I'm really, really sorry. I hope I didn't embarrass you, but, I, I, you know, you just do approach it like that. Yeah, it sounds like you had a great time. Yeah, Mint. Make it feel better. I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking whether I should tell the story or not I'm, and whether I should name the person who did it. I might not because that's, I've been a bit more respectful, but a very close family member of mine uh, years ago now, we went to Scotland for a, a joint family Christmas with another family, and we were having a bit of fun. And we had one of those sets of crackers that when you pull the cracker, everyone gets a little sheet of music and a whistle with a different mm-hmm. note. So when you then stand all together, you end up playing, we wish you were like... <whistles> if you play it all the right time. And the person, my very close family member, who was of a respectable age and not male, um, she, when she went to blow her note... She accidentally farted. <laughs> so the tune was, it was, it was priceless. But the friends we were with are the very, very dear friends, but of a certain standing. And it's definitely not something we'd have been, you know, we would never have done that in their presence. We're very mannered and polite. And my, what oh, oh, it was, the close relative was absolutely mortified. And obviously I was in oh, my 20s. No. I was, I mean, it, it made Christmas. It made everything. Yeah. But my poor, no, close relative doesn't doesn't know still to this day that she can't quite cope with it. And it was like, doesn't matter. It was the funniest thing that ever happened. It was the best version of We Wish You a Merry Christmas that was ever played, ever. <laughs> and started with B flat. I mean, look, it's yeah. great. Look, man, it, it's just life, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's fun. You know, yeah. It's fun. It's just, you know, look, everybody does it. Yeah, 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 there has to be some level of decorum and something. But, you know, at us, the, 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 the British are quite not just the British, but they're, they're quite conservative with a small C, aren't we? You know, so all of that sort of stuff makes us, you know, it's, it's all do like laugh that at, kind of talk. We, we do, do laugh at farts, yeah. though. I do, you we know? do. Yeah. He was funny last year. Um, obviously, I, I wasn't, wasn't very well at all, but I went to this posh spa and I really didn't want to go. And little, oh. Anyway, I couldn't do much. You know, I couldn't get around much. But they had this thing and it was called a sanctum which was this area. And it's like this hermetically sealed vault of sleeping people, you know, on these like pods and beds. So I thought, this is fine, it'll get me out of it. So I got there, I was on my bed and all the whale music's going, and, you know, like, oh, oh, oh. And I, I was feeling lovely and I started to nod off. And do you ever do that just as you're about to fall asleep? <laughs> and I woke myself up and then there was all these people who were like, about to achieve nirvana, just giving me the evil. Do you know what I mean? And I thought, oh, sod it. It's been a bad year. It's not going to get any worse. No, it's great. You know, wind's just great, isn't it? Yeah. Flatulence. The world of flatulence is, is hilarious. Well, Ruth, I think you should be uh, you should be pleased, actually. You've joined a very select group there, including a relative <laughs> that Tash can't name, Dave in the sanctuary, and Sai. Oh, so actually, no, the twister was you as well, Dave. Yeah, so obviously Cy doesn't do it. Oh, that's good. 
He does. He does once. I can tell you a story. It was a British superbike champion. And we were in the press tower and he cleared the tower. It was extraordinary. But it was the fallout, not the noise. That's the thing. What's the problem? So if someone makes the noise of farting, it's definitely funnier than the smell of farting. So he's kind of, that's where it goes, isn't it? The noise is hysterical, but the smell less funny. Oh, that was a whiff of death. <laughs> it was bad. And we thought it was really funny. But, you know, it's like by this point, they're going around checking the drains and everything. Was, you know, like a rat had died in the drain pipe. It was so bad. And was... like, like, nobody knew. And they were going, what is that smell? And I was thinking, well, I just well, had I knew. prunes at breakfast. Dave knew. So because I Dave smelt was... it so many times, it smelled of him. <laughs> you know, it was, it was rather comforting, really. <laughs> If your life's in a mess, then the email address is theagonyuncles at thehairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to us on the Agony Uncles podcast, the hairiest podcast on the planet. Remember to email us your problems to agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. And while you do that, let me remind you that there'll be a new podcast of the Agony Uncles hitting our podcast place every Friday when you wake up. Just follow and subscribe to make sure you hear us first. So, from Posh Tash. Bye and happy Valentines. The Thin White Duke. Bye and happy Valentines. And from us. Bye guys. Bye bye, have a lovely Valentines. <laughs> <laughs>